Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast, and thanks for making the time to learn and grow with us. Here, you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, let's jump right in. Thanks, uh, worship team, Matt and uh, Josh and uh, Steph and the audio team and everything. That was a great worship time this morning. I hope you uh, got as much out of it as I did. It was really exciting to just worship together, and, and it always is. Um, yeah, so we're in a, a series called Salah, Pressing Pause with uh, the Psalms. And uh, the Psalms, for those who aren't aware, are uh, a collection of, of songs or prayers that the church has been using since forever. Um, even before the church was, was a thing, uh, the, God's people have always been praying and worshiping, and this is a beautiful collection, chapter after chapter, or, or psalm after psalm, uh, that, that, that I think becomes kind of the language of prayer for the church and um, I'm gonna, we're going to unpack one of those psalms today. But uh, first I thought, I, I, I've been seeing so many new faces at Westside recently that uh, I felt like I had the need to introduce myself, <laughs> which is kind of strange because I know a lot of you, but some of you are completely new to me. So, so I have a picture here uh, of me and my family. So I'm up there. I'm wearing the same shirt. I didn't do it on purpose. That was completely <laughs> accidental. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's me and my wife, Steph. And uh, my three kids, Aiden, Neve, and Aurelia. Um, I am the moderator for the Mennonite Brethren Churches here in, in Quebec. That's the logo that you guys saw there. Um, that's, uh, we have nine churches in Quebec, six French churches, two English churches, Westside being one of them, and the other one being uh, City Church. And uh, we have one Khmer uh, congregation as well. We have a seminary that we share with the Christian Missionary Alliance called ETEC. We have a Christian camp called Peniel, and we're involved with uh, Multiply, with our missions organization, and with MCC. So it's been uh, so. So uh, being a moderator for that group is is a lot of work. It keeps me busy. I'm also a elementary school teacher. Um, and uh, I teach grade six, which is a tough year for a lot of kids because it's the year they say goodbye to their friends, but it's also the year where they have ministry exams and uh, tons of marking and correcting comes with that. I am also currently a softball coach. I, teach, I coach two softball teams. Um, so you can just imagine that my month of June, where the softball started and I had all these meetings and I had to mark papers and it was grad prep, was absolutely brutal. And uh, and so summer, summer is here, and uh, and despite all that, I'm very happy to be here and to prepare this the sermon today. Um, and I'm not proud of my busyness, and it's going to come up later in the sermon. We're going to talk about how what busyness can can lead to and the importance of pressing pause. But before I get into that and maybe how this psalm helped me in my busiest month of of the year, I'm going to tell a quick story that goes with this this beautiful dish here that that I'm putting up on the screen. Um, this is a pasta that we found on, in a Ricardo magazine back in the day. Um, it is a mixture of small shell pasta with um, a spinach that's made into like a pesto that we kind of blend together. Uh, and there's peas in it and there's uh, nuts and Parmesan cheese. We love it. My daughter, Aurelia, my youngest, hates it. I don't know why. I mean, it could be the spinach, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but she just despises it. And uh, the other day, we were having this, uh, we were sitting outside, beautiful uh, day. We, we have a big tree in our neighbor's place that gives us shade uh, that allows us to kind of just, like, uh, uh, enjoy meals outside in, in the afternoon. And uh, we were sitting around the table, and, I, and, and we were about to say grace and eat. And I said, Rayleigh, can you, can you say grace? And she's like, I can't thank God for this. 
And <laughs> so, so despite, <laughs> despite the, the beautiful weather and the fact that we're, you know, we're giving her food, that, that she's hungry and she had a busy day, uh, no, this, this was too much. The situation was such that there was no way that she was going to be able to say grace uh, for that. And doesn't that like, talk a little bit about kind of our, our attitudes sometimes, um, our situations? The, the, the past that's in front of us or whatever, whatever is in front of us can sometimes block us from really connecting with God, from praying. And this is maybe a silly example, but on a larger scale, I think that our situations sometimes dictate what we do and how we pray and how we connect with God. When God is, like her, her situation was, you know, at the table was, was silly. She didn't want to eat it and she didn't, I think, in the end eat much of it. But, um, but you know, it's hard to, to have that perspective of gratefulness and thankfulness when something, when a situation comes that, that is difficult and hard. But we can do it. It's possible. But it takes work. And, and uh, I'm always blown away by the Christians who, in very difficult situations, be it in, um, in poverty or, or war or famine or, or persecution, yet are able to cling to God in those situations. And how did they do that? Well, I think there was practice involved. I think there was a Holy Spirit, but also God, God trained them over time. And, they, and, and, and participating with God's grace and the Holy Spirit, they trained themselves through, through with God's help, to, to have this kind of attitude of thankfulness that allows God to connect with them in every situation. And... Uh, that's something that's 100% true, and I made up a statistic. This is totally me. I, I, just, I didn't find it in any study, but I think we learn. We learned 100% of the things we do that we find meaningful. I think this is true. Everything that we do that we find meaningful in our life, at one point in our, in our life, we learned it. And, and as a teacher, I see this. Like Kids develop great skills as they do work, but they hate the doing work part. The doing work part is what leads to complaining, what leads to the, uh, oh, really again? And it's odd because at one point, if you do something long enough and get really good at it, things that you don't like eventually become things that you really enjoy. I don't know if, if, if you can think of an example in your own life of something that for a long time you found difficult. I mean, I was, I was awful in French at, in elementary school and in high school. I'm a French teacher now. What happened? I did a lot of French. I did a lot of practice, but it worked. And there's things that you, you, you when you work at it long enough, you, it becomes meaningful and it becomes um, life-changing. Now, prayer, for some, not for, always, not for all of us, not for all the time, but prayer can be something that we find difficult. And praising and worshiping God, even though it's not for everyone, sometimes some of us, and if, if, it's, if you're like, oh, I always love praising God, it's the most amazing thing ever, then, okay, bear with me. I'll get, to, I'll get to a part that maybe speaks to you more. But for some of us, the t- idea of having time with God on a regular basis is difficult. Um, and, and if you're not new to the church and you don't really know what this means, you've, you might have heard words like quiet time or devotional or time with God. And, and one of the things that we're not really good at it as a church is, is explaining to people what those words mean and, how that, and what that's like. And how do you do that? And, you know, why do you do that? And when it's really boring and you could watch Netflix instead, 
or, or, or sleep, because sometimes you just need sleep. If you're a parent of young kids, maybe just sleeping is, is, is a good thing. Why, why would you do this prayer time? Why would you ha- spend time with God? What, what does that even look like? Which kind of circles back to the title of the series, which is a Salah, or Pressing Pause with the Psalms. Um, let's go back to my busy month of June, where I was, I totally did, I'm not proud of it, I t- took too much on at once. And I don't think I will ever coach two softball teams at the same time. That was four nights a week of, of practices on fields where I sh- and meetings and other things for other organizations and commitments. Um, sometimes you just need to press pause. And during the month of June, when I was um, in this craziness, I didn't have, I was, I, I was really neglectful of spending time and pressing pause and, and spending time in the morning to, to pray or to, to worship God. Um, thankfully, and this is great, if anyone is really, really busy, there's, there's apps that can help you. So there's a, an app that, an app that uh, David suggested called Lectio 365. So if you guys want to add something to your phone today that's useful, it, it's, a, it's to help with quiet time, help you pray. It brings psalms. It brings stories. It's, 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 it's really good. Um, but I had that going, and this psalm, Psalm 16, came up. And... Um, and as I was praying this psalm, because it encourages you to pray along, kind of like we do on a Sunday morning where you pray this psalm that, or, the, or the passage with, with, uh, with everyone else, um, as I was praying this psalm, it really reshaped not only my day, but the whole week and my whole attitude as I finished the year. And so it's a psalm I really like. It's Psalm 16. And what I'm going to invite us to do, we're going to read it together. And as we read it, I'm going to share a little bit about how it reshaped me but I'm hoping that it'll kind of help as an example of how, as you pray something, God can reshape your thoughts, can reshape maybe your attitude, uh, can reshape a lot about what, what's going on in your mind. And uh, so here, here we go. So, so, so God can reshape us through praise. That's, that's the, the foundational idea here, is that God can reshape our hearts through praise. And here, we're, let's, let's, let's read it together. So this is a miktam of David. Miktam, I think, is some kind of um, of um, lyrical or poetic description of a kind of song. Um, as we have no time machine, we can't really know what kind of music was put to this, but it was probably to music. And here is, here is the psalm. This is Psalm 16. If you have your Bibles, join, join in. Um, I'll refer to it often, so it's worth having it out if you have it uh, available to you. So it goes like this. It says, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion, my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You have made known to me the path of life, and you fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Isn't that a, a neat psalm? 
I, I, what I like, even the, first, the very first word, it starts with this, this desire of like, keep me safe, my God, and you I take refuge. And as you, as you read the Psalms, I don't know if you've, if you've done it this enough, but I feel like there's, there must have been a continual state of danger. It seems like every single psalm refers to enemies or people wanting to kill you or, or danger. And, and um, there's something about the, the world that David lived in that's very different from ours. We don't, I don't think, feel continually threatened by death uh, as we walk out. And, and I kind of, and I, I, this illustration I was going to say was going to be much more geared to the kids that were supposed to be here but then disappeared. But I don't know if, if anyone's ever played Minecraft online. But the idea is like it's an in, in the world or whatever where you wander around. And um, you never know when you meet another player if they're just going to want to collaborate and build something with you or just kill you. And I think um, it's a scary thought. <laughs> you wander around, hey, are you going to be friendly or not? It's like one of those you know, first contact movies where you meet the alien for the first time and are they going to react? How, how are they going to react? And I think... In the time of David, you'd have these families of, of, of different tribes and nations, and the foreigners were very foreign. Someone wouldn't even speak your language. And you never quite would know if the person was going to be someone willing to trade with you or someone who just was going to kill you and take the nice things that you have, because um, that was the kind of world that it was in. So this, 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 I can just imagine that as David's writing these psalms, if he's writing these psalms in a world where, where the threat is eminent. And, and there must have been this, this feeling of, of dread, this feeling of, of, of concern, this anxiety that, that, that wouldn't go away. But I don't think that even though the world, the situation was very different, I don't think it was very different than what a lot of people live even today. Because even though we're not in an, a, a physical danger, we know the feeling of, of, of threat. We've lived through uh, tough years where, where people were afraid for their lives and, and, and feeling like there was danger and feeling anxiety about going out of their house, about being in, pla in places with other people. And some people are still feeling that anxiety to this day. And, and so, so we have this, 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 this understanding and this prayer starts with, keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. Wouldn't it be great to take refuge in God? To, to come and start a day or start a moment or start a, a, a week with, with just this thought of, God, keep me safe. I'm going to find my refuge. I'm going to find my home in you. A refuge, I love that word. It makes me think of like a thunderstorm. And what, what do you get into? You get into the house or a place where suddenly you're safe because there's walls that are firm around you and you don't have to worry about the, 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 whatever's frightening, whatever is unpleasant outside. The refuge is in God. But then from that refuge, God asks us to reshape our, our relationships. God's asking us to reshape how, we've, how, how, we, how we see the things around us. And I find this really hard. But there's, he, 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 in this passage, as we read it, we see that the psalmist is, is, is really putting God as the top of his priorities. And he says things like, you are my God, you are my Lord, apart from you I have no good thing. Or, talking about other people, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Or again, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Now, the boundary lines would have been like uh, markers that would show where one, one 
person's territory ended, another person's territory begins. Again, very useful in Minecraft. Last in days of today, where we put fences and have like formal city planning. Uh, but um, but this, this idea of looking at our life and seeing God as a source of our satisfaction. I, I, that, first, that, that verse where it says, apart from you I have no good thing, I have a hard time with that. I mean, I, I just turned 39 uh, this week. Um, I was baptized something like 25 years ago. That's amazing, something around that, 24, 25 years ago. Um, I still have a hard time seeing God as the one good thing. And, and it's not saying, that, saying there's not other good things, but apart from God, the things I have won't bring me satisfaction, will never be enough to satisfy me. And I'm a compulsive collector. I like having all of something. So like uh, if, I, if I get into a, a board game or a TV series or, or something, I, I, like, I want to have all of them. Like I, I, if, if I, at one point I, I got into the Marvel movies and I started like collecting. I, I have a huge collection, but I just like, I want every single one. Then they keep releasing more of them. And then, and then if you find, look for, to find your satisfaction to something that you can have, there will always be someone that will have the next thing that you don't have. And you end up feeling not satisfied. <laughs> it's frustrating. If you find your satisfaction in, in sports, your team might win. But then there might other, be a better team out there that will win more than yours. And your satisfaction won't be found in that. And even you can hear the testimony of, of people who've won Olympics. And they get to the end and they get to the top of the world and yet still feel not satisfied by that. Can I find my satisfaction in God? Can he be alone my portion, my cup? As, we, as, as I prayed this in my busy month of June, it helped me put things into perspective. I, had all, I was working hard and striving hard for all these different things, and yet my satisfaction can be found in God. And if things don't turn out the way I want, and if, if uh, I don't quite accomplish all that I wanted to accomplish, it's okay. He is my portion of my cup. And what I have right now, the boundary lines as they've landed now, they're in pleasant places. It's that perspective, that gratitude that lets me see optimistically what I have instead of bemoan what I don't have, what I would like to have but I don't have right at the moment. You know, it's interesting. Of the Ten Commandments, the one that says don't covet is the only one that really happens inside your brain. But it's so essential because as you realize that your desires for other things is in some ways a desire to find satisfaction apart from God. We can find our satisfaction in God. And, and, and praying a passage like this in a on a morning can remind you of that. So it's, it's, a, good, it's a good start. But it does more than just change your priorities. It changes also your relationships. The whole idea of, like, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. God, he's talking about the holy people who are in the land, the people around him. We can find satisfaction in God, but God also uses one another, the people, the family of believers, to bring that kind of satisfaction as well. Um, we can invest in the lives and the friendships that God has placed on our way. As a, as a way, again, to, 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 to find that satisfaction in God as well. Um, but then also goes deeper. Um, the, as, you, as you pray a Psalm 16 or, or other Psalms like this, you'll notice that it's also changing your view of yourself. Um, it can reshape ourself. So 
<laughs> in my preparation for this. I'm not really proud of this, but I kind of wanted to show it. Um, I thought, you know what? This psalm is super cool. There's all these references to different parts of the body. I'm going to make a diagram. So I started. I realized it looked really corny, and I stopped. <laughs> it's really bad. I'm, I know. I know. I thought, I thought it was put a little, like, pick brain to show that counsel is in the brain, and then I was like, other parts of no, I gotta stop, this is bad, and it, it was gonna take a lot of time, and uh, I just thought I'd, I'd be completely transparent and honest in my, my prep work and what that looks like before a sermon. But uh, no, the, the, so, so, but, but the, the, I'm saying it jokingly, but it's true. As you read this psalm, there's all these reference points to the different parts of your, the body, and the different parts of the self that are transformed by God. So I started with he counsels, but yeah, if you look at starting at verse 7, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Counsel, the mind, the, the advice, the thoughts. God can shape our thoughts and what we think as, as, we, uh, as we study and, and pray and, and look through Scripture. He counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Can you imagine I would put a little, like, pink heart on the person <laughs> earlier? But, but, the idea, but that's true. Our heart, our emotions can be transformed by, by God. Uh, even in the night, even in the darkest spots, keep my eyes always on the Lord. God draws our gaze to him. He lets us see him. He, he pulls our vision to him. Our, our eyes wander so much in so many different places, and yet he can draw his, our eyes to him. Um, it keeps going. With him at my right hand, another physical indicator. The right hand in Scripture refers to the hand of action. As you do things, as you act, as you move and do things with your body, God's at my right hand as I act. So even in my busyness and, and I wasn't very balanced in what I did and I, I, I regret some of the choices I made, but in my action and trying to do good and trying to do my work, God is with me in that. And my, my actions, the works of my hands can be an act of praise to God. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. There's a firmness that comes with that, having him with us in this. My heart is glad. A joy that comes from that. And that joy doesn't just stay within. My tongue rejoices. God reshapes what I speak about. God reshapes what I'm saying. And it brings back to that idea of rest my body will also rest secure. So my whole self, my physical self, finds rest in Jesus. So can you imagine me and my busyness in June, how much comfort reading this out loud brought to me, this idea of rest that's available in God. Now, I'm, I'm, I, I said earlier, like, it's been 25 years since I've been following, uh, like, really seriously and been baptized, and, and I, I grew up in the church, and I did learn uh, how to, to pray, and I, I, my parents did a really good job at, at, at telling me the stories of, of Scripture and, and giving me the, the, the kid Bibles and everything like this, but even after so many years, I, I, I still need those reminders regularly to rest in Jesus, to press pause, our bodies are built to pause. Our bodies are built to take breaks. We're designed every day to have to like close our eyes and actually fall asleep. 
be woken up by a kid and then fall asleep again. <laughs> no, but, but, but to, to fall asleep. And that, that restorative rest is an indicator of how God wants us to just trust and rely on him. And it's interesting as we read Psalms, there are Psalms where it actually says, Salah, break. Take a break here in the reading of this or in the singing of this to let it grow. We grow in, in the breaks that we take. As a coach, I see it often. If you do a, the same movement 20 times, at one point, it's not worth doing it another 20 times. You need a break because you're not going to continue improving. You need to rest on it. You need to sleep on it. You need your body and your brain to, to learn and to grow. And we need to take breaks. And we need to take uh, breaks with God to allow us to him to speak with into our lives. Even sometimes as a speaker, I need to take a break to be able to finish. But yes, we need to, so, so, but, but so God reshapes our relationships to ourselves, to, 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 our, our, to, to the stuff that we have, to the things that we do, to the success we want. Uh, it reshapes our, our self. And I think it, ourself, and it, I think it brings that question of, can I do that? Can I commit my whole life to God in prayer? Can I start my days with that, with, with that action of, 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 of spending time with God and committing my day t- to him? Now, one thing that was liberating for me, I'm not a big morning person, so, so discovering that in, in the scriptures, morning, like the day starts at six o'clock at night is a really good thing. I don't know if you guys have know, known that, but like if you look in, in, in the Old Testament and even the New Testament, it's a, a, a day and then night cycle. So we, we, our mornings start at 6 a.m. And if you're not a morning person, you can start your day at 6 the previous day, which means you start your day by resting. I think it's a good perspective. The first and most important thing we do at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, is to sleep. Because we work from a position of rest not a, and, and, that's, and it's not when you wake up in the morning that your day starts. And biblically, it's when you go to bed. You start by resting. And it's out of the rest that we have that God can use us during, the fall, during what we call the day um, when the sun is up. The last thing that God reshapes as we look at, through this passage is he reshapes our destination. It starts, the passage starts by talking about finding safety and refuge in, in him, but it ends by talking about the end. It says, uh, verse 10 and 11, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. The eternal pleasure is at your right hand. It's a direct reference to the idea of, of death to the idea of the end that is inevitably coming. And, um, and I was reflecting with this as, as me and my wife, we were in, uh, in Warren Heights the other day and, and, uh, and we saw this, this, this uh, little cemetery um, around a small Anglican church in Warren Heights. And um, there was something about how churches would have cemeteries around them. Like you'd, you'd go on a Sunday and you would see Every Sunday as you walk by these gravestones, eventually where, where this all ends up, the destination was in sight. The graves were there. I don't know if we should go back to that. I feel like, um, um, I feel like our, our, our owner would not be happy if we started digging up holes in front of the parking lot. Um, I think the city might have something to say about that too. Um, but, but there is something about the way these churches would 
would be reminded, be surrounded by these tombstones of those who are waiting, uh, waiting for the resurrection, waiting for the promise of the day where it's true, God will um, restore us and Jesus will rise as he did, as he proved when he rose from the dead himself. He will not abandon us there. Our rest, our eternal rest is in him. And the question that we ask then as we read this passage is, can, can I follow the path till the end? Can I see, as I see the destination of where it's going, can I, can I follow this path of life where we find eternal pleasures at his right, right hand? And again, hand being the action, the, the word of action, the right hand of God, as we work in God's ways, can we follow that path to the end? And I, I really do hope that we can. And I encourage us to, to see every day as a chance to, to be on that path. And as we take breaks, we take breaks to remind ourselves to step on that path and follow uh, with God's people who have been praying psalms like Psalm 16 for thousands of years and reminding ourselves that this is, this is the family that we're part of. These are the words that we speak. This is the language of our prayer. God, lead us on these paths of life. So... Isn't that fun? I don't know. I think that's, uh, for me, that was super encouraging. And I'm hoping that it encouraged you too as, as I shared it. There's some ways to bring this home. To, uh, there's, there's ways to, to apply this as, you, uh, as, we're, as we finish for today. One, you know, talk to someone today about, about what was being, uh, what, what God's speaking to you. Is there something about what, you know, in this passage that speaks to you specifically? Do you feel like you need the rest do you feel like your eyes are all over the place? Do you feel like you have a, a, the wrong relationship to your possessions, to the people, the holy people that God has surrounded you with? Do you feel like God is counseling you uh, or that, that he needs to get a hold of your heart? Talk to someone about it. Part of the problem with um, our churches, I find sometimes, is that we, we, we don't give enough time to respond. And we have this, this prayer area on the side, and I know it's, it's kind of like maybe makes you a bit shy to kind of come up into the front and oh, who's going to be watching me as I get prayed for, but it doesn't have to be up in front over here. You can just talk to the person who brought you here and, and, or, or, or a friend or someone in the car on the way home or um, just, just talk about it and, let, and, and re respond because response is a way that God has wired us to, to make things more real. Um, take breaks today every day, and make those breaks meaningful and significant. Say, I am intentionally taking a break right now to spend time with God, even if it's like in the middle of doing dishes, or, you know, and, and a break isn't just, I'm going to fill it with noise. I'm going to rather just, I'm going to fill it with the presence of God. Pray the Psalms. Do it out loud. Sometimes you'll surprise yourself what God can, 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 can bring to you as you do that. Um, gather uh, it talks about the holy people being in whom I all, is all my delight. The psalmist says that. Um, gather with people. And uh, we're not going to be in person for the next few weeks here. We, we've, uh, as, a, as Westside has always done, we've, we've, had a, uh, we've learned a habit of rhythm and rest. And over the summer, we, we give our volunteers rest, and we give a few weeks where we, we just kind of stop our Sunday gathering. But it doesn't mean you can't hang out with someone. We don't, we don't, we're not like allergic to people. Um, we're just the idea of giving, give, give yourself some space to, to gather with someone and, and come back when we, we, we get, when we gather again in August. And finally, just 
have faith that God is working this out. And, and um, the psalmist, when he was singing this, I'm sure there were days and moments where his heart was not glad. He does say, therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. But there are times when you feel insecure and you feel like the anxiety grow and the faith isn't there. But trust that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will hold you uh, through these difficult times. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to finish with um, words of someone much wiser than me. Um, I, I tend to, to, to um, um, sometimes feel a bit insecure about my speaking. Um, and one thing that I, I find is that I need to have a quote of someone in there somewhere. Um, David always has all these quotes, but he has much more time to read than I do. Um, so so, so I, I kind of adapt, and I do do a point to at least find someone who, who has, has said something. And John Wesley is a, is a preacher from the 1700s. He's a, a man who spent thousands and thousands of kilometers on horseback, going back and forth and back and forth, just preaching. It's all he did. And then he also would organize people into churches and, and, and groups. Um, but talking about what the life of a believer is like and what it is to pray and, to, to, and, and, and what, it, what it is to react to what God is doing in your life, he said this, and I thought it was super inspiring. So, so let's finish with this. The life of God in the soul of the believer is the continual inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. God's breathing into the soul and the soul's breathing back what it first receives from God. An unceasing presence of God, the loving, pardoning God manifested to the heart and perceived by faith, and an unceasing return of love, praise, just like the praises of Psalms we just saw right now, praise and prayer offering up all the thoughts of our hearts, all the words of our tongues, all the works of our hands, all our body, soul, and spirit to be a holy sacrifice acceptable unto God in Christ Jesus. Wouldn't that be an amazing life? I don't know, that's kind of what I, I, I wish for all of us, that we could be fully and completely um, given away to God in our lives every day. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for um, this gathering of believers. I thank you, Lord, that they decided to take uh, a pause and, and to stop their weeks and their activities to, to come and, and worship you and to hear from your, your word. I pray, Lord, that you will um, continue to give us, Lord, your grace that, and remind us to, to pause and to, to, to let us be reshaped by the prayers of your people as we make them our own and, and learn them, God, and, and um, speak them to one another. Help us not overwhelm our lives with busyness and activity and entertainment, but really focus in on what matters most, the path of life that you've laid before us, this life where your spirit fills us and we respond in love and action to those around us. Bless us this week as we go forward. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith 
where we want you to feel welcome, even if you're not into church or religion. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. We'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com forward slash giving. Until next time, peace. Peace.